0: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Utility giant Pacific Gas and Electric has agreed to pay over $55 million to end the threat of criminal prosecution for two major wildfires started by its equipment. Prosecutors from six Northern California counties brokered the deal, covering last year's Dixie Fire, the second largest blaze in state history, and the 2019 Kincaid Fire. Sonoma County District Attorney Jill Ravage even if she was able to win a criminal conviction, PG&E would have faced smaller fines and could decline probation.
3: We have limited tools in criminal law to deal with corporations and what we were able to do here was to get a five-year agreement that they will be overseen. there will be an independent monitor, and that they will have to meet certain benchmarks.
0: Ravage says the state attorney general should assist in prosecuting PG&E for wildfires, but the office declined to do so in Sonoma County. County prosecutors say the civil settlements will speed up payments to people whose homes were destroyed in the blazes. Although PG&E does not admit any wrongdoing, it says it welcomes a new level of transparency and accountability brought by the settlements. Let's stay on wildfires. California has millions of acres of overgrown forest land. It's raw fuel for potentially catastrophic wildfires. In late 2019, Governor Gavin Newsom announced a new program to dramatically speed up the state's wildfire prevention work. But an investigation from CAP Radio and the California Newsroom found the program hasn't resulted in a single completed project. Reporter Scott Rodd has the story.
4: It's called the California Vegetation Treatment Program, or CalVTP. It was designed to fast-track the environmental approval process for fire prevention projects without compromising environmental protections. And if you ask state leaders how it's going, they'll paint a pretty rosy picture. Here's Wade Crowfoot, who leads the state Natural Resources Agency, at a legislative hearing in February. This California vegetation treatment program, this essentially one-stop shop for permitting, for CEQA, for fish and wildlife permits, and for waterboard permits, um, is now in action, and it's starting to be used. Here's what he didn't mention. The state originally anticipated the program would result in 45,000 acres of completed forest management work in its first year. But more than two years in, CalVTP hasn't led to a single completed project. A few dozen projects have been approved. The Newsom administration declined repeated interview requests. In an email, a spokesperson characterized the program as a success, claiming it has expedited approval times. But that's not what the nonpartisan legislative analyst's office says.
1: We didn't find clear data showing that it had um, significantly expedited projects
4: That's Helen Kirsten with the LAO, testifying before state lawmakers in December. She added that it's still early days with the program. The idea behind CalVTP is pretty straightforward. The state performed one massive environmental review on over 20 million acres of state land. If a new project falls in that huge footprint, it can use the state's existing template instead of starting from scratch. But project managers I talked to around the state weren't convinced.
3: I would love to use it if it was you know, a straightforward path to the projects we're trying to do.
4: Nadia Hamey is a professional forester on the Central Coast, working on a series of 10 prescribed burns. That's when you intentionally set a fire to benefit the landscape. Hamey says she planned to use one CalVTP application for all of the burns, but she hit a bureaucratic wall. Now she's doing 10 separate applications using the old system. Forest Health Manager Jamie Tutelli-Lewis in Monterey County says there's a steep learning curve to CalVTP. Basically, we just haven't taken it up yet and felt comfortable enough with it to use it yet. And Project Manager Keith Rutledge in Mendocino County told me he hadn't even heard of it. So
3: that's news to me. Nobody at CalFars has brought anything up. I'll read about it for sure. I'm just looking it up while
4: we're talking. Rutledge is leading a project to clear new evacuation roads, where two years ago, the Oak Fire destroyed dozens of homes and buildings. His team has completed a few miles under the old review system, but he says approvals have taken a while. The Newsom administration suggested we reach out to the Yuba Water Agency. Joanna Lessard is overseeing a 5,400-acre project in the Yuba County foothills, one of the roughly two dozen projects approved through CalVTP. She estimates the program reduced their approval time by about a year.
1: We had the money, we had the people, we just needed the ability to get out there by completing our environmental compliance, and this really did streamline that.
4: The state knows it needs to do more to ramp up its fire prevention efforts. But it's a sluggish process that has 85-year-old Luis Celaya in Mendocino County worried.
3: It makes me very angry, very cynical, frustrated.
4: When the Oak Fire hit, Celaya and thousands of others had to evacuate using the one road that leads down the hillside.
3: The potential is so high that a fire could happen that could be disastrous.
4: For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento.
2: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Here's a question for you.
0: Where, oh where, have California's school kids gone? The state's K-12 through public school enrollment is down again this year by 110,000 students. That's on top of a drop of 161,000 last year. With more on what's happening here, here's KQED's Julia McAvoy.
1: There are a bunch of reasons for this continued steady decline. Fewer births and more families leaving the state. The pandemic led some families to homeschool or to private schools. Large urban districts, such as Los Angeles, account for close to a third of the drop. LA Unified lost almost 49,000 kids alone over the past two years. But counties from Humboldt to Kern also saw declines, with only Fresno holding steady. Latino kids saw the least decline, just under a percentage point, compared with white students whose enrollment fell by almost 5 percent. During the pandemic, there was speculation that students were leaving for charter schools, but the enrollment decline is there, too, mirroring that of traditional public schools. California Association of Charter Schools President, Mirna Castrejon. We've been in conversations with various legislators, the Department of Finance, to try to get to the bottom of where exactly are the children going. Private school enrollment has gone up, but only by 10,000. School district funding is tied to enrollment and attendance, and some districts are having to cut budgets and close schools to adjust. The state said it projects the downward trend to continue. For the California Report, I'm Julia McAvoy.
0: In San Francisco, tenants now have the right to organize under legislation that took effect this week. KQED's Maria Fernanda Bernal reports it's the first law of its kind in the nation involving private apartment buildings.
3: The Board of Supervisors approved the protections for tenants to form associations like labor unions. It applies to buildings with at least five units and prevents landlords from penalizing tenants for organizing and holding meetings. Tiffany Hickey is a housing rights attorney with Asian Americans Advancing Justice Asian Law Caucus. She says it will give tenants the power to negotiate with their landlords. Through collective actions, Tenants can address landlord harassment, get necessary repairs, and even stop the demolition of affordable housing. Advocates say tenants in 19 buildings have gathered enough signatures to form associations. For the California Report, I'm Maria Fernanda Bernan.
0: California's push for green energy could inadvertently harm one of its most famous species. As more and more wind turbines go up in the state, the companies behind them are looking to prevent unintended deaths of critically endangered California condors. Their plans are fairly simple. Breed more birds.
2: KCRW's Matt Gillum has more. Decades of population declines due in large part to human activity left just 27 California condors alive in 1984 they were rounded up and a captive breeding program was started. Today, they're back from the cusp of extinction. More than 500 birds are flying freer in captivity. That success is why energy producers like the L.A. Department of Water and Power are seeking additional breeding efforts to offset condor deaths caused by wind farms. The agency estimates that over the span of 30 years, up to two wild condors could be struck and killed by wind turbines and their two eggs or chicks would also perish. A proposal from the DWP includes spending more than a million dollars to raise more condors at the L.A. Zoo, just one of four facilities that hatches and rears the scavengers. Federal documents say that if the zoo added another breeding enclosure, the annual number of fledglings would go up by at least 10 percent, resulting in 15 more juvenile birds getting released into the wild over the course of a permit. Details of the proposal continue to be ironed out by the DWP and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, with a final plan eventually being presented to the Los Angeles City Council for the California Report. I'm Matt Gillen,
0: And that is the California Report for Tuesday, April 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a good day.
4: Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. Stanford HealthCare, Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement.
1: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.